Welcome to the Disabled Truth Podcast. This podcast was created to empower and motivate those with spinal cord injuries to live life with the positive mindset while overcoming the physical challenges of daily life. I am Wesley Hamilton, and these are my co-hosts. Vanessa can too. If I can, you can too. Marcus Williams, live your day, overcome it. And we are the Disabled Truth. Let's get on though, because um, they, they serve grits, bacon, eggs, big old breakfast at the gathering every every morning from 8 to 10. And I got to get there because oh, it's free. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. As soon as this call is over, I'm going to get some grits. Hey man, you sound like a senior citizen getting a deal. <laughs> Absolutely. I, hey, I, I, am the senior, I am the senior citizen of this group. <laughs> Oh man, that sounded like a straight. <laughs> See, I need, I need to get there before they stop serving breakfast. I mean, man, I, 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 hey, and then they, and, and then they give me, um, they give me fr- free prune juice with my, uh, with my breakfast because I got my AARP card. Yeah, this sounds like a senior citizen podcast right now, man. <laughs> what, else, what other deals you got? You go to IHOP all day. <laughs> Hey, no, but I play bingo on Wednesday night. You should show up. Wow. I have some friends that are really hooked on bingo. I've never really done it myself, but maybe later. Maybe, I don't know, in a few years I'll try bingo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a bingo person. Uh, I'm not just, I don't know, man. I'm just not one of those, like, betters, like, and I don't know. I'm just not that type, but. Not yet. Nah, man, trust me, bro. I grew up around it, like my mom. So, uh, you know, she's been she's been born and raised in a casino, I guess. So, like, I think it was because I was around I, the the effect it had on me growing up. Like, I just never had that vibe. Oh yeah, nah, I, as far as gambling, I'm I'm I, I'm lying about the bingo. Just to be honest with y'all, but <laughs> totally lying. I don't I don't gamble or none of that. But yeah, bingo. <laughs> But yeah, um, so t- today we talked about we're, we're going to talk about um, we're going to pick up where we left off, or of course, man, we're we're going to the transition from knowing that you couldn't walk to like rehab, like the experience, uh, the mentality part of you know figuring out how to accept, or did you even accept? You know, going just that quick transition. Um, so yeah, we 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 tried to hit it hard, you know, before, but um, we had some technical difficulties, which was great though. So now we should be on a ball and rolling. So it's really just, man, man, that that day that they said, all right, you know, now you got to go to rehab, right? Now you got to learn how to uh, move around, function in this new, this new position that you're in. And uh, like what, did, what did we get from that? Like, what did, what did it do to us mentally? Did we go in thinking that, you know, man, rehab is about to be right. awesome, man. It's about to get me to walk again. Or was it like, man, are you serious? Like, you know, that culture shock, like, was it a shock? Or was it just like, man, you just went in like, all right, I'm ready to go. Uh, mine wasn't. It, it was definitely still like so foreign to me. Like I just had no idea. I was just going through the motions. That's it. So I was kind of 
not excited. I wasn't happy. I was just going through the motions. Whatever you told me to do, I was doing it because I didn't know what to think, actually. And that was it. You know, we that I literally, you tell me what to do. I did it. I wasn't even sure of what all I was capable of doing. Um, so I just was coasting. It's not like I was trying to fight really hard to, you know, push myself really, really hard. I wasn't trying anything extra. I was just literally coasting. And I I guess I don't know if that's just because, again, it's so common because you don't know, you don't know what to expect. And um, I think that I just wanted to be out of there. And so that was pretty much it. Like, you know, it's um, I wanted to be back in school and I wanted to be with my friends. Again, I was only 15 at the time. So and I had never seen anybody that was, you know, in a wheelchair or disabled to that significant um, before my disability. So all the way around, I just really had no idea what was what was going on and what to expect for myself. So, yeah. And I feel like that's pretty common. I feel like that's common just based off of when we were, you know, when I've been mentoring in the past, it's kind of like the deer in the headlights type thing. Like you don't know, they don't know what questions to ask because they don't know what to expect. Well, I kind of, um, dovetail on kind of what Vanessa was saying. Um, right. Right. I do feel, I feel that kind of being in autopilot mode, but mine was a little bit different. Um, you know, Vanessa, she was 15, I was 35. And so, um, I remember first, um, being told not so much. It took me a while to get to rehab. I was in trauma for a while because um, I had a lot of broken bones. Um, just was um, not in a position to really um, stop and think kind of what was going on because uh, I was battling an infection. A hip was dislocated. Three, uh, three ribs broken. Both arms was broken. My hands was broken. Uh, I had a big contusion in my head that was um, that had to clear up. Uh, just a lot of I developed a lot of infections, an infection called MRSA, because uh, they weren't cleaning up my wounds and 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 um, the trauma. And so it took me a while to get to rehab. Um, so like I was literally um, once I got the rehab, I, I felt like I had graduated to something good because uh, I was finally out of sick mode. I was in um, trauma for about a month and a half. Um, after five days of me coming coming to out of the coma situation that I was in, um, that's when uh, I would say my first, that was my first, um, um, that was my first time really um, it registering that I wouldn't have control no more. Um, and so I woke up out of that coma with all these people in my room, you know, people looking at me, like you said, they had that, they had the deer in the head, like looks to me, but I'm sure I had the same thing to them, but I was so drugged up that um. Literally, they, I mean, start what they tell me, my sisters and my mom and different ones that were there. Um, they tell me I woke up and I was still programmed. Remember, I was a UPS truck driver for, you know, many years before that. And so just that fast paced life and then waking up and literally, you know, you can't, you know, just throw on your uniform and, and run out 
you know, to go deliver packages, you know, for 12 hours a day, 60 hours a week was just, you know, that's how I was programmed. So I woke up in that mode, you know, I woke up, you know, ripping the, ripping the, um, the IVs and whatever else they had attached to me out of my arms, you know, telling people, look, what y'all doing? I got to go, <laughs> you know, I was ready to go to work. And so, um, once I did get to rehab about a month and a half later, I got to this place called KFRC Kaiser and Vallejo, which happened to be one of the, um, you know, one of the great facilities in, uh, the United States as far as rehab. Uh, once I got there, it was really, um, what welcomed me and what, and what really kind of put me in a mind state to really just know that I was in the best place was first they told me where I was at. Um, I was in my hometown, which was great. Um, I didn't, I didn't get hit in my hometown, but the facility was in my hometown of Vallejo, California. And so, um, different people had heard about my story. It was almost like they had been waiting on me to get there. And so, um, once I got there, um, they took real good care of me and just, um, I remember meeting my OT, um, therapist, um, named Linda and, um, my physical therapist um, named Phil, who are dear to me still today. And so um, just meeting those two individuals um, kind of helped me in rehab to really not focus on just the walking part. Remember, I was broken up. And so I couldn't do a lot of weight bearing activities. Um, you know, I was really just I was really fortunate to be there. And so actually, the first day I got to rehab, um, they sent me back <laughs> to Sacramento for trauma again to get another back surgery. So I spent two more weeks in Sacramento, in Kaiser, uh, recovering from a back surgery. They were cleaning out all the, all the infection, you know, that was in my back and in, in my head um, from not being taken care of at the trauma centers. And so I was literally on a, on a journey just trying to get to rehab. So rehab, when I got there, it wasn't really like, um, I guess wasn't focusing on the walk part. I was really just trying to get healthy. And so um, once I got there, you know, I like, like you said, Vanessa, I kind of just did what they told me, you know, as far as and um, I excelled in it, you know, as far as, you know, little things like, you know, just um, <laughs> I know I struggled with the catheter. I struggled with the bowel and bladder thing. I almost got kicked out for, for bowel and bladder. I just refused to do it. But all the exercise stuff, all the, you know, getting up and, you know, I wanted to get up. I wanted to get out into the rooms, um, you know, into the gym and and really just um, see what I could do and see what, what was functional. Cause like I say, it was totally foreign to me um, to not have mobility at all. Um, and so uh, kind of just wrapping this up, um, I would say for me, um, the walking part didn't hit me to really, um, I think I mentioned on our last call, as far as um, it was literally like two weeks before I got out of rehab a uh, doctor named Dr. Chaudhry was my rehab doctor. Um, he's retired now. And really, you can tell that he was trying to, uh, he was on his way out. So he wasn't really giving me the best attention. Um, you know, he told me I was a um, a T6 complete. And he told me I was an Asia, a Asia A, you know. So he, he was basically telling me I didn't have any hope. And so um, that right there lit a fire up underneath me. It, 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 it was probably the worst day of my life as far as somebody telling me what I wasn't going to be able to do. And so um, even to this day, you know, it's a little bit of vengeance there, you know, walking is, 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 is great. But um, it was almost like him telling me that I was going to be um, nothing for the rest of my life. or I was going to be shortchanged or I was going to, you know, just not have the ability to do um, to conquer. And so um, I take that challenge from him every day, you know, just him telling my parents that my parents believe in it. And that caused me to just say, you know what? Um, that's how I started Lido. That's how I started Livia Dale becoming that whole mindset. So, 
make sure make sure y'all follow Lido. Hey, if you want to listen to anything that this man is talking about, I mean, and he's a pure brick. Like I'm, I'm inspired right now, Marcus, just because uh, some of the stuff you just said is kind of like, man, uh, when I think about uh, your journey and then the things that you're doing now and like the instructional type of videos that you, you provide, I see where it comes from. You know, and I, I, I see that uh, it's like it was destined for you, man, because just listening to that, like, dude, like, I mean, I didn't go through all that, but I still went through a lot, you know, and uh, but to listen to that, man, I just I just wanted to say, like, dude, I'm inspired regardless. Like, yeah, that, that was deep. What about you, Wes? What about Wes? Man, Wes was stressed. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, and like that, West West was stressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, man, I lived a I lived a uh, a wild life my whole life, you know. So to know that something was about to be taken away from me, or had been taken away from me, uh, like really changed the way I looked at things. Um, made me question myself in many different ways, like. Was I able to do this? Was I able to do that? Like, um, it was just, it was wild, man. It was wild. And uh, the transition of going to rehab was just like, bruh, I'm not even ready. I'm not ready for it. I'm not trying to do it. Sounds like we kind of all, well, maybe felt the same way about what to expect, not to expect. I think it was for me, man, it, it was just, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to understand that this is what life was. And so with these people, you know, with the, the great therapists and all of them trying to help me, I wasn't trying to be helped. And uh, with that resent, it made it hard and difficult for me to, uh, like, really, like, man overcome those those mental struggles because i didn't want it i didn't want this life i didn't know what this life was going to give me and you know other than vanessa saying you know like uh she wasn't never around someone that was in a, in a uh with a disability it was like everybody that i ever seen with a disability seemed like something was wrong with them you know and not not just in a in a uh, I guess I want to say in a bad way, like they just always looked upset, you know, and depressed. And so for me, I was like, man, this is life. Like, this is what I'm about to be. Like, I'm about to be upset and depressed. Like, come on now. And instead of me having the will to say, no, nah, I'm about to change the game. Like, you know, and, and like how Marcus said, like it lit a fire, you know, instead, no, nah, my fire was put out, bro. Like, I knew like it was a wrap for me. Um and that's how and 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 I sunk into depression because that's the mentality that I had. It was like it I can't I can't I can't have what everybody else have no more. You know, I can't do this and I can't do that. So why are you trying to teach me how to sit up straight when I gotta sit in a wheelchair the rest of my life? Like that was my resent. Like it was so hard. It was difficult for the therapist and I'm I'm pretty sure like it, like Marcus said, you know, the, despite the Catherine part, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that 
I really was more wanting to do it myself instead of having all these doctors and stuff doing it for me. Like that probably drove me crazy more. It's like, man, like it just got irritating after a while because they would come in all these different hours like, oh, we got a cat through. And I'm like, oh, I probably I probably wasn't even ready to be cat yet. You know, I did not like the and I know this was probably supposed to be the best part about it but the outing uh you know when you go when you go out with your group outing like to uh we went to like an arcade you know so it's like there's like eight of us in a handicap accessible like van mini van or bus or something and like I'll never forget that feeling of just like all of us unloading somewhere and that's the first time I realized like oh my gosh like everybody looking everybody staring you know and that for me it was I was embarrassed like it was that was that was tough because I was not that everything that they wanted us to do I was not a not about it and um yeah that that was a reality check right like this is how it is and this is what you got to do and it was like um no this is I don't I don't agree with any of this, but that was hard. That was really hard. Um, now it wasn't all hunky dory, right? I was just like, oh yeah, Doctor Chachi told me this, so I now I got lit, and I got a fire lit up underneath me, and I'm just going to just be this strong individual. No, I had it hard in rehab, just to really let you know, because um, it took me so long to get um, into regular population. You know, the thing I was battling, I had. Um, remember, I told you they had. They had not taken taken care of me in um in my in rehab the rehab I was I'm sorry in the trauma center I was in and so I had developed that infection and so um, with that I was on basically quarantine you know so like I had to work out by myself you know when it, when the doctors came in they had to put these these suits on it was just it was it Hello was very suits different. On. <laughs> what do you mean Boy, they they all came in looking like Big Bird on me, man. Oh, and it used to make I me know. so mad. Where I start rejecting treatment, you know, it's like if you don't, if, if you got to come in here, because you know, then usually, you know, some people would do it, some people wouldn't, and so that confused me as well. So I said, look, if you know, I start making people wear the coat, you know, like, put the coat on, you know, or put the you know, put the whole suit on. They didn't want to, they put it on halfway. I, I would just call them a lot of problem because you know, it was just the, I felt like they were treating me different. And so um, that's why I mentioned my OT and my PT because they really was the two that really helped me to just really um, know what my goals was and know what the intent for this whole rehab was. So I had to really battle a lot of that, you know, it just feeling, um, you know, I felt felt less of a person. I really couldn't even, I wasn't battling the chair. You know, I was really battling, you know, kind of um, bad nursing you know, I was battling a facility that that was really trying to, you know, kept send they kept sending me to a Kaiser Acutes uh, rehabs. Um, I got sent out like three times, and so remember my rehab was six months. You know, and so um, it was just quite a challenge as far like I say that I think the bowel and bladder thing almost got me kicked out. Um, I almost got kicked out of um, um, Kaiser Acute. You know, just from like you said, West as far as the the catheter thing was, you know, that was a problem for me. It's literally, they were coming too much. I didn't want to be turned. Um, the shower, you know, it was just a lot of, you know, a lot of things that I felt um, I had issues with um, 
because they weren't organized and it was, you know, like I was used to kind of doing for myself. And so to have somebody doing for me um, and then they weren't on time or, or they weren't gentle about it, you know, I was ready to leave that place. And so I'm just thankful for like, you know, different ones that was in my corner that kind of seen um, my end result more than I can see it. You know, thinking about Vanessa at 15, I'm sure that was the same thing. You had people that was really just looking out for you and you kind of had to kind of be processed basically. And so that's kind of what it feels like you're being processed in rehab. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the bow thing for me was, you know, I, I said, look, this is exit only. I remember telling, telling the doctor and, and the therapist, they had to bring Linda in. <laughs> I said, look, I'm not doing it. Y'all can send me home oh. straight up. But I was like excelling in rehab, you know, as far as uh, with the gym stuff and they, they loved me there. All the patients was, was very inspired by, you know, just me coming, you know, to work every day and, 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 and trying to get it in and encouraging everybody else. But when it came to like stuff like bowels and bladder, um, literally I wasn't doing it. And so I just felt like, you know, I'm a man. You ain't never entering here. <laughs> and I just felt that way. And so um, I, lastly, I remember um, in rehab, uh, in, in, a, in acute rehab, actually, uh, you, you mentioned about the Catherine thing, Wes, is that um, I got so fed up, man. And this is just comical. This probably, you know, for the listeners, you know, somebody else might have done it before. Is um, I had one of my girlfriends bring me a cap gun because I got tired of them coming in my room you know, uh, breaking my sleep, you know, them nurses, you know, to tell me, oh, it's time to calf, time to calf. You know, they were just, it was so loud and rambunctious and literally, you know, you you barely get two hours by yourself before they come in and got to turn you, they got to mm-hmm. do this. And it was just, I was worn out. So I remember um, <laughs> the lady came in. It's time to calf, my bad, Mark. It's like, <laughs> they, they used to come in my room the same way, like <laughs> ring the bell on me. Look, I got a cap gun though, and when she would come in, look, literally, she came in one time, but I just start busting. <laughs> hey, look, I start busting, right? And when I start busting, she ran up out of there, right? Because she didn't know it was a cap gun or not, man. I went back to sleep, but I was just, I was frustrated. I didn't know the consequences of that. Yep. Man, next thing I know, about 10 minutes later, somebody knocked at the door. They say, Marcus Williams? And I said, yeah, come in. I was mad, you know, at that point. You know, like you say, Wes, she was frustrated. I was mad. And man, next thing I know, they um they told me said they kicked the dough in and told me to put the gun on the ground. It was the police with guns in my head in rehab, bro. You know, as oh far as literally, God. and that's right, that's oh right after. God. All right, that's, um, hold on, Marcus. Before you yeah. even get more in detail, so like this is a good part, you know, for us to kind of look at like um. Through that experience, like, man, think about it, like, dude, your life is a movie and we ain't even started yet, right? And, uh, but what was, was it all just because of the mindset? Like, you know, like, what what would you think, say if someone else was in, in this position, right? And they kind of went through everything that we've all been through. Like, for me, like, it was hate, but it, I didn't have no cap gun. <laughs> I wish I did. I'm very, very smart, but here we, we say it wasn't very smart because you got in trouble. Nah, it was not smart. <laughs> I almost got killed. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So, like, what would, if we, if we had to, you know, be, you know, in this session of the transition to rehab and what we experienced, like, what would be something that we would tell someone, you know, uh, which we understand that everyone has to learn themselves, but what would be some advice, especially like you, Marcus, especially knowing everything you went through, you know, 
how long you went through rehab and all that. Like I know it was like a it it had to deal. It was it was a lot on the mind, you know, and 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 it probably was very heavy. So what would we look at, you know, for Vanessa, uh, the young child that never knew anyone that had a disability and was going into a, this new lifestyle. Or, you know, Mark is someone that was always independent, on the go, moving around, you know, to going into rehab for so long. So you started to hate everything that was coming your way. And and basically, and that's, you know, I'm just kind of making it more like how everybody else would feel. Because I know I hated myself and I hated everything about me. So, like, what advice could we give somebody that's going through this or is about to go through this? And and how can we help them make it through it? Uh, I'd Vanessa. say from the um, you know teenager, young person that might have been injured and is just about to go into the rehab process, um, you might not understand everything that um, is about to happen or why they're telling you to do the things that you do because you can't really tell what the future is going to hold for you. But do know that it's something that when you get out into the real world, back into school or back into, you know, hanging out with your friends that, you know, whatever they're teaching you there is just the initial uh, foundation for everything that you're going to be able to do when you leave there. So what they're teaching you is the basics and you want to be able to know how to do the basics. Let them teach you, those basics and, and absorb it and learn it. And, you know, ask those questions. If I fall, you know, how do I get back in? And because once you're out in the real world, you know, we all talk about this with rehab, that it's so hard and, you know, we were fighting it and this and that, but at the same time, then when it's time to release you to go home, that's actually a really scary feeling as well because, you know, you are now completely on your own going home and you're like, uh, okay, now this is a little scary. Like, I don't know if I can do all of this on my own. So be thinking and knowing that that's just a temporary time. And, that whenever you're done with there, that you're going to want to be able to know how to do all this stuff when you're home. So kind of be looking at it. And that aspect is that you you have that foundation. And then what you do from there when you leave is you got the basics done, you know? And so yeah. just try and make the most. Quick, quick thing, Vanessa. Just, uh, hey, for anybody that's listening, check out episode three. It will be about transitioning from rehab to home. It's kind of like going, you're being released from prison and opening your eyes to a whole new world, right? Right, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly, it is. But that's definitely one of those, that tra- that transition is, each transition is scary, but you gotta understand that you gotta know your basics. That's just for anything in life, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. take advantage of it, still have your friends and normalcy come in to visit you, you know, make those phone calls, just do whatever that also makes you feel normal, you know, whatever it was that you used to like to do before, kind of have that somehow still included in your life if you can. That's kind of for friends and family, I guess, to to go in there and ensure that as well. Nice. So my advice to, you know, that young person, that, that person that was, you know, 
independent, like I was very independent in life and, you know, having this transition to even being like a father in this position, um, man, like my advice to anyone that uh, is going through this is first you have to understand that life is not over. Like for me, I just thought it was over. I thought it was a wrap. I thought, you know, (laughs) there was no more. Like, so, you know, I, I want you to understand that life is not over and just un- just just have the ability to learn um yeah it's a new life it's a new way to do things but at the same time it's not over and um the last thing you want to do is just think to yourself that you know like i did was man everybody that i ever known that was in this position was always depressed and upset about life so i gotta be the same way no instead you know be empowered by people like you know myself or vanessa or marcus that's on this call and um you know just be inspired that to know that everyone went through some type of struggle before they got to where they are today and you have to you know you're going to go through a struggle. It's going, but it's only going to empower you and strengthen you in ways that you never even knew. So just don't give up and just believe more that there is more after uh, this tragic incident or whatever you went through. Um, just know that there's more. There's more to life, and life isn't over. It's only over if you make it, you know. But you can make the best out of your situation and actually live the yeah. best life. I think, um, you know, kind of in closing, um, echo some of the same things both of you say as far as um, starting with Vanessa, just about, you know, rehab is your foundation. And um, I always say it's very important which rehab you um, you end up at. You know, um, it's very important what kind of support you have, um, you know, from family and friends. Um, and so I would my my advice would just really to be. Um, you don't you don't really have control over what rehab you end up at, considering um, what's available to you in your region. But um, once you do get to rehab, no matter what rehab you're at, it's still on you um, as far as to um, to glean and, and, and embrace you know the process. And so um, whatever your process is, I mean, some people, they may have a, you know, a spinal cord injury along with a slight traumatic brain injury that may hinder them from you know, doing, um, uh, it just may hinder them, you know, from, from, from collecting or gathering a lot of the information that they're imparting to you. So you want to have a good support system there that can help you implement that. Um, I also just say that, um, you know, as, as for myself, um, just trusting, like I said, trusting the process, um, knowing that, um, like Vanessa said, when you do, Sorry, my phone's going off. When you get home, um, you're gonna need everything that they that they gave you as far as um because you're gonna adapt it as far as you you know like it's certain things that I don't even do the way that they taught me, but I needed them to at least set that set that precedent. You know, like I don't I don't uh, do my bow program at night anymore. I do it in the morning, so I don't have any any accidents throughout the day. That's just my thing. You know, some people still do it at night. Um, uh, some people, they cath, you know, every three to three to four hours. I do every two hours because I spasm, my leg spasm a lot, cause bladder spasm. That's just, you know, it's a different, you know, it's a different um, injury. And just know that a spinal cord injury is like a fingerprint. So 
you can't just get on Instagram and look at somebody and say, oh, I'm going to be that or, you know, or you're in rehab and someone's, you know, um, uh, quote unquote, progressing faster than you or whatever they're walking. No, you, you have to really focus on what you're there to do um, and know that as far as um, like like Wes said, life isn't over, you know, as far as so draw inspiration from from different things. But you still have to um, uh, pave your own path as far as you still have to um, uh, generate your own joy, <laughs> you know, throughout the situation. As far as, you know, you got to be gritty um, and just, you know, you got to be willing to go for it. And so um, there's tons of lifelines out in, in this community that, as far as that you can tap into. Um, you're definitely um, listening to three of the best. And that's just my personal um, not opinion. That's just, you know, how I feel about it. Um, you know, one day you might be vulnerable enough to to um, be passing down some of the things that you learn in rehab as well. And so just just gather all you can get as far as so that you can help stabilize yourself. To You can get to a point to where you'll be able to give back. And so that's kind of what I would really just echo. It's been a great call. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, so, um, Man, uh, yeah, great advice. I think we all just hit it hard. Um, I think that, you know, episode three will be focused more on, like, now here we are going into the real world. We've already heard these stories of, you know, figuring out how to accept and really not accepting, you know, going through depression, going through, you know, all the negative phases of the transition. But now, you know, now we're about to enter a phase that's going to be bigger than just the hospital and a rehab center. Like now you're in the real world. Vanessa had a taste of it, you know, when she went to her little trip, you know, with um, everyone else that, you know, with the group that took her, you know, and and, uh, realizing how people stare at you, how they look at you. And learn and figuring out how to accept that. Like, that's what we're going to hit on episode three, you know. So, we hope you guys uh, stay tuned and get ready to listen to um, some more realness. Maybe no more cap guns, but, uh, <laughs> but seriously, you know, it gets real even after this. So, hey, stay tuned for the Disabled Truth. Uh, thank you guys for listening. More heat coming your way. Thank you. Knowledge bombs. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Knowledge bombs. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in and listening to The Disabled Truth. If you liked what you heard, then you can follow us. And we highly encourage you to follow us on any of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Disabled Truth. Please share the links with your friends and encourage them to share it as well. If you would like to listen to any of our journeys or follow us personally, you can find me at if I can, you can too. That's the letter U on Instagram or Facebook, or you can follow me on my website at if I can, you can too.com. You can follow me at Lotto Life. That's L-Y-D-O Life on any social media platform or log into my website lightolife.com you can follow me on facebook instagram or twitter at i am west hamilton and if you want to learn more about me go to my website i am wesleyhamilton.com